Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, that's 800-747-3733, title sponsors from day number one, no, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 26th of October. Good to have you aboard. We're part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. The best personal injury lawyers around, whatever kind of injury you're dealing with. It could be from a, a, a motorcycle accident, a boating accident, hit and run, slip and fall. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You're thinking, hey, What's it like to work with Anajar and Levine? Well, they're going to talk to the insurance company for you. 
They're going to schedule your appointments. They're going to keep you updated throughout the entire case. They're going to answer every question that you possibly have. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. And this week, hey, the last of the major pro sports league have kicked off their new season. Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action. That's right. With MLB postseason, NFL, college football, NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online website today to get in on the action. Don't forget, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Got a fun show planned for everybody today. It is Thursday. We got Thursday Night Football. Week 8 gets going tonight. Bucks at Bills. So this is a game that the Dolphin fan is interested in tonight. I mean, is it possible? After the Patriots did the Dolphins a solid last week and beaten the Bills, what kind of performance are you going to get from Buffalo tonight? You're going to have the Bucks. We're rooting for Tampa Bay. Can Buffalo drop to 4-4? Four and four? I mean, I don't think that's what's going to wind up happening, but it's short week. Who the hell knows? So, we're dialed in. <laughs> we're interested in what's going on tonight. Bucks and Bills. We're going to have Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. You know he joins us every Thursday. We'll get you caught up on who to start, who to sit, and all that good stuff. Tyree Kill, he missed practice yesterday for the Dolphins. But Jalen Ramsey, looks like he's getting close Could Jalen Ramsey be debuting this weekend for your Miami Dolphins? We'll talk to Jamie Eisenberg about all that good stuff that's going on. The Panthers are not back in action until Saturday. Today, we're also going to get you caught up on everything going on in the NBA. Zach Harper, he's going to join us. We're going to talk about all the games from last night. The league tipped off a couple nights ago. We always enjoy having Zach on. Yeah, you see... You hear him on uh, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, Mad Dog Radio, Metal Arc Media. They do the, the the Cinephobe. We'll talk a little bit on movies with him. So Zach Harper will join us. We had a ton of NBA action last night, including your favorite little basketball team, the Miami Heat, 1-0 to start the season. Uh, you know, look, I you, you're not going to get me to sit here and tell you, you're not going to get me to be critical Of a one-point win over Detroit. You know, if the Heat had a one-point win over Detroit in January, you know, maybe I'm going to say, like, man, we we just slipped past Detroit. We had a 19-point lead early in the fourth quarter, and we barely hang on. No, not going to do that opening night. Not going to do that at the start of the season. I'm excited to see my favorite little basketball team back in action. And that's what you got last night, and you got a win. So, you're not going to have me sitting here being all kinds of critical about getting a win to start the season. I'm very pleased with what took place last night. Now, tomorrow in Boston, that's going to be a different story. If the Heat don't win in Boston, you know I hate that shit. I hate the Celtics, all right? But last night, opening night, I don't care how they get it done. I don't care that they won ugly. I love an ugly win. Win that shit in the mud. I don't care. You guys know I like that type of basketball. It doesn't have to be like that every night, but every now and then, Give me an ugly game. 
I'm I'm here for it, man. So you're not gonna have me getting all upset about the now look, here's the thing. In today's NBA, you guys know the way this works, all right? In today's NBA, you get out to a big lead. The other team always comes back. That's what happens with the pace of the game now and the three-point shooting. But here's the thing. The Heat never relinquished the lead. They never gave it up. Cade Cunningham hit a three-pointer with about a minute and a half left, I think it was. Maybe close to two minutes, which made it 103-102. Heat were up 103-95, I think, after a Jimmy basket. Cunningham, which, who, by the way, see, I think the Pistons are going to be vastly improved from last year. I think the Pistons could be a play-in team, not a play-off team. I think they could be a play-in team. And mainly because of who you saw last night, Cade Cunningham, he's the real deal. He took over that game in the fourth quarter down the stretch. He was awesome. Cunningham had 30 points, 9 assists. He was 13-27 from the floor. He really struggled shooting in the second half because there was one point in the game I think he was 9 for 11 at one point. So then the rest of the way, we're talking 4 of 16. But overall, Cunningham was awesome. He cut the lead to 103-102. And believe it or not, the last 90 seconds to it, you had no scoring. So the Heat hang on 103-102. And it's funny because I'm sitting there, I'm watching with my wife. I'm watching with my older son. We're watching the game in the Zaslow Mansion family room. I got a Johnny Cube on my hand. You know how I would like to enjoy the game and drink responsibly. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm sitting back on the couch. I'm like, you know, I'm sunk into the couch. Heading to that final possession where the Pistons are going to inbound the ball with, what is it, like two something seconds remaining. And my wife's like, what, you're not into it? Like she expected me on the edge of the couch, leaning in. And I said to her, I go, listen, only something terrible can happen right now. Nothing good can happen. Only something really terrible. So I'm just, I'm watching it from this vantage point over here. And I got my fingers crossed. And I think all Heat fans, myself included, probably thought that shot was going in. And Jimmy did an excellent job avoiding the contact. Once he got Jimmy in the air, thought he was going to make contact. But Jimmy was actually sliding to the right. Jimmy does a great job avoiding the contact. The shot from Cunningham was actually nowhere close, and the Heat hang on. Never actually gave up the lead, so, oh, they had a huge lead, and then they blew, well, the reason they never gave up the lead is because they had that huge lead. So, today's NBA, you go up by double figures, and the lead, you know, gets whittled down all the time. The key is, are you going to give up the lead? And they never did. Now, there's a bunch of things, uh, there's a few things, I think, to feel good about from last night. Uh, there are a few things that you don't feel good about from last night. I think everybody knows the direction I'm going to go in there. I think it's a direction that everybody else is going in as well. But all I care about, the Heat win last night, get off to a good start. That's all I care about. I love ugly wins. I like when the game's tight down the stretch. I, like my father sent me a text last night, ugly win. All right, I love ugly wins. Give me more ugly wins. I love it. I love it. So I, one thing I want to point out is they closed the game. So... Kevin Love specifically in the starting lineup, and I talked to Evan Cohen, ESPN Radio, unsportsmanlike, who's a huge Heat fan, and I talked to him yesterday, and I was like, how do you, you know, how do you start the game? Am I supposed to believe that this team is going to start Lowry and Kevin Love? Well, Evan's right, or at least I, I, I thought he's right, where they're more like token starts. 
Last night, though, those guys both finished the game. Your closing lineup, I don't think you ever saw that last year once Love joined the team, where their closing lineup was the same as their starting lineup. And I, I think a lot of Heat fans are like, how does that happen? Well, when the team is healthy, there is no chance that the closing lineup is the same as what last night's starting lineup was. This team isn't healthy right now. Kayla Martin, on a minutes restriction. Jaime Jaquez Jr., on a minutes restriction. Josh Richardson, out. Haywood Highsmith, out. Closing the game, I want Highsmith in the game. He could defend, he'll hit an open three. I would also say, I like the idea of Richardson being in the game as well, but for sure, I want Highsmith, and I probably also want Kayla Martin. Like a closing lineup, Hero, Butler, Martin, Highsmith, Adebayo, that lineup will defend. You got the ball in Hero's hands, you got the ball in, in, in Butler's hands, Bam could do his thing, and you have four great defenders out there in Butler, Adebayo, Martin, Highsmith. That's the closing lineup I would hope we're going to see. But right now, you have a team that, yeah, just like, that's why I, I don't care that it was a close game against the Pistons. That's why I, I don't care that they only won by one. Get these wins here early on. Start to get used to each other. Build up the type of rotation that you're looking for and get healthy. And then everything's going to be fine. So I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo, oh my God, they only beat the Pistons by one. Not even close. I'm very pleased with how that game went down last night. Let me give you a few things that I was into, all right? Number one, Jaime Jaquez Jr. So, Jaquez Jr. only played 13 minutes. He was 3 of 3, 6 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. He played in two separate spurts in the first half and the second half. He does not look like a rookie. Just looks like a guy who's going to be a pain in the ass to play against. The same way that Tyler Hero, and I told you guys this about Tyler in Summer League, he is far more advanced than most rookies. Tyler Hero did not look like a rookie, but that's because of the talent. That's because of how great a player he is. Jaime Jaquez Jr. doesn't look like a rookie in the sense of he just looks ready to play. Looks like a solid player, 22 years old, so he's got a lot of collegiate experience and looks like a professional out there. The footwork, excellent. Who knew he could handle the ball like that as well? Defensively, got a couple steals. He just looks like a guy who other teams are going to hate playing against. And you know whose footwork? I said this in the, the one preseason game he played. You know what his footwork looks like? You know who he looks like out there down in the post? Jimmy Butler. He looks like Jimmy. He's got excellent footwork and just looks like a guy who fits. Loved what I saw from Hawkes Jr. Kevin Love. I liked what I saw from Kevin Love too. Last night looked like a much better version of Kevin Love than the guy we saw here last year. And my guess is because, yeah, he's fresh. They've been off the last few months. I would imagine the early part of this season, you're going to get a much better looking Kevin Love than you got last year. And then we'll probably get to a place in the season where he doesn't play a ton and kind of refresh him and break him out again later in the season. 
But this early part of the year, I think leaning a little bit on Love is a good idea. He looks fresh. He had a, oh my God, he had the great look for three on the Heat's last offensive possession. He was down on himself, man, would have iced the game. And so so Love had 13 points and 10 rebounds last night. He, he, had, he knocked down, what, three threes? Uh, yeah, three for six from three. So excellent job by Kevin Love. And Thomas Bryant, like when Evan Cohen was saying, who are the guys you think are going to be in the rotation all year long? Thomas Bryant was one of the guys I mentioned. Brian played 16 minutes off the bench last night, and I don't think the way that we complain about the Zeller minutes, the way that we complain about the Deadman minutes, I don't know that we're going to get that with Thomas Bryant. He was tough. He is physical. He is active. 8.6 rebounds, 3 assists. Got to the free throw line, 4 for 5 from the free throw line. I lo- loved what I saw from Thomas Bryant. And now, what you didn't like, right? Now, before I tell you what you didn't, what, what I didn't like, you know I always love telling you about Sheets and Giggles, all right? One of our favorite sponsors here, Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com where you're going to sleep like a baby. You're going to sleep just like the Zaslow family because when you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're getting the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets you've ever had in your life. Is that something you'd be interested in? What if I told you you could also get 20% off at checkout? All you got to do is use promo code Zaslow, Z-A-S-L-O-W, 20% off checkout at your first order at SheetsGiggles.com. Support the sponsors that support the show, and that's how we keep this baby going round and round. With Sheets and Giggles, get the best sleep of your life with their irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. You're going to sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And just like the Zaslows, you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. Your wife, your husband, whatever you got going on. I don't know what you got going on personally, but that person you're sleeping with, they're going to they're gonna be like, oh my God. These are the most comfortable, softest, coolest, most breathable sheets ever. And you got 20% off by using the code Zazlo at checkout. Oh my God, I love you so much. That's what's going to happen when you go to SheetsGiggles.com. Sheets and Giggles, SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. So, things that I didn't like from last game. And, like, I didn't want to tweet this out last night because, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to be negative. The Heat won last night. I feel good about it. I'm happy. 1-0. Let's go. Going into a big game tomorrow night already at the Boston Celtics. Celtics home opener. They won in New York last night. All right. It's a national TV. ESPN. Tough environment. I want to feel good about last night. I got to see my favorite little basketball team on the court again. Uh, You know I'm happy about that. I'm not going to start with the negative bullshit. But then, of course, predictably, I get the tweets about Kyle Lowry. Obviously, I'm going to get into it here on Zaslow Show 2.0. I didn't want to get into it last night, right after the game. Here's the easiest way. Here's the easiest way I could describe what happened last night. Kyle Lowry played 32 minutes. He was 0 for 1. He had two assists and two rebounds. No points. The easiest way that I could t- tell you my thoughts about Kyle Lowry is. I just don't know that there's a way you could tell me that this is a contender if he's your starting point guard. I mean, I'm supposed to believe, and and, and Spo talked about this over the last several days, right? I mean, shit, 
Kyle Lowry, I expect to start. I expect to be a starting point guard. And Spo is telling us also, Lowry's in a great place. Feels really good. He, he's, he's looking as fresh as he's been since he's been with the team. And I'm supposed to believe, after hearing all of that, that's the performance we got last night? He was a nothing. Just after all the, he's in a great place, he feels good, I expect to start. He threw out probably the most worthless performance since joining the team three seasons ago. This is not, this is fine for right now, especially while the team is not healthy. But this, Kyle Lowry cannot be your starting point guard if you're a championship contending team. After just one game, that is so painfully obvious. We got a really good performance out of Kevin Love last night. He's fresh. You should get that type of performance out of him. Where was that from Lowry? If you're not going to get a good version out of Lowry at the beginning of the season, when he's totally fresh, when are you going to get it? He was a bum last night. He's a bum. I don't know any other way to put it. And like I said, I didn't want to get into it last night because I just wanted to feel good about the game. But what the hell was that? You don't need a point guard, like like an actual point guard. You don't need a point guard if that's what you're getting last night. And, I mean, not even close to looking to shoot the ball. Not even looking near the rim when he gets it. To me, let's swing the ball. You can't be on the penalty kill every time you have the ball when Kyle Lowry is in the game. You can't give the other team a power play every time Kyle Lowry is in the game. That is not a starting point guard in the NBA. I don't care how savvy you want to say a player is. If you're a starting point guard, you play 32 minutes, you had zero points, you were 0 for 1, and starting point guard, you had two assists. That is not an NBA starting point guard. There's no other way to spin it. Like, what are we doing rolling him out there? And you can't, I mean, you can't tell me you're not going to get more from Josh Richardson. You can't, I think Josh Richardson is going to give you a lot. You can't tell me you're not going to get more from Josh Richardson. And, and here's the thing. So he's not shooting at all the entire game. When the Heat had the ball, it was a one-point game now after Cunningham hit the three. The Heat are coming out of a timeout. You knew Lowry was going to shoot it. You did He's dribbling the ball. He's got that high screen from Bam. You knew he was... Now was when he was going to shoot. So it could be this whole thing. No, no, I'm unselfish, but I'm, I'm Kyle Lowry at the end of the game. And I could still take and make the big shot. You knew that's when he was going to choose to shoot. He hasn't taken a single shot. And now with the game on the line, not Bam, not Jimmy, not Tyler Hill. No, Kyle Lowry is now going to take his first shot of the game with the game on the line and throws up an air ball. I mean, it clangs off the backboard. I guess that's not technically an air ball. Just chucks it off the backboard. He is a bum. Terrible. And it sucks. Like, like I'm happy with them winning last night, but already the start of the season, 
I, I, I got to settle in that I have to watch this guy. Terrible. He, he is not a starting player in the NBA anymore. You're out there for 32 minutes. You're the point guard, and you have two assists? So it's not like he's leading the team. He's setting everybody up. You're out there for 32 minutes. You have two assists? I mean, you can't rationalize it. You can't, I, I, just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The team will get healthy. Richardson will get going. Highsmith will get going. Caleb Martin will be able to play more. Hawkes Jr. as well. Your starting backcourt, it should be Hero and Butler. Then you got Martin, Love, Adebayo. You got enough ball handlers. Between Hero, Butler, Bam, you don't need a, a conventional point guard. And if you do, throw Josh Richardson out there. Give me someone who will take some shots, who will hit an open three. It's not like Lowry defends anymore. He's awful on that side of the floor. Richardson will defend. So one of the things, obviously, I was not into last night was 32 minutes of Kyle Lowry. And the other thing I wasn't into last night, Nikola Jovic, DMP. Now, I say that where it's not like, Spo, why didn't you play him? No, no, no. I, I'm disappointed that Nikola Jovic is clearly not in a place yet where he could play. I mean, Jaime Jaquez Jr. played one preseason game, the first preseason game. He's a rookie, and Spo gave him 13 minutes, and he looked great. Jovic is going into, is in his second year, played a big role on the Serbian national team. Can't get any run. From what I've seen in the preseason, he doesn't look ready to me. Doesn't look like a guy who's ready. So, I don't blame Spo for not playing him. And that part sucks. Like, he, he just... He doesn't seem like a player who's ready right now. So that part's really disappointing. But overall, yeah, I'm happy. I, I know you, you, you want to you, you tweet at me. Zazla, what about Kyle Lowry? Yeah, he sucks. But I, 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 don't, I didn't want last night. Like, I didn't want to give the energy to that. Obviously, we have to talk about it. I'm looking forward to Richardson and Highsmith becoming available and a whole lot less of Kyle Lowry. He is not a starting player. He is not a player on a championship team. He's not. So tomorrow night, the Heat in Boston. All right, let's get after it. I, and oh my God, they looked really good. We'll talk to Zach Harper about that for sure. All right. We're all fired up about NBA. The Heat last night, the Heat get off to a good start. I think you, I don't care it's a one point win. You win, it's a good start. So the Heat want to know, and tomorrow they'll play on the road in Boston for the first time. Zach Harper joining us here. Let's get into some NBA with Zach. Of course, uh, everybody knows Cinephobe which you can catch where, you know, he reviews all the movies that stink. Uh, you could also catch him, Series X and NBA Radio, Mad Dog Radio. Is that a good sell job that I just did? He reviews all the movies that stink on Cinephobe. Is that a good sell? I think it's good because I think people start wondering, now what's a movie that stinks? You know, like they start, or my favorite movies, do they stink? Are they going to review them? I think, that's, I think that's a perfect way to sell it. So so what what's what's the next movie on Cinephobe? What are we doing? So we just had our 200th episode uh, drop today. Uh, a little bit of a film noir in which people, um, we kind of hinted that we were going to do this movie um, that's really like not funny and it's really serious. It's like this serious, if you can believe it, it's like this serious Tyler Perry movie, Tyler Perry movie about like race and women and everything. Like it's really like 
like really profound and dark and like deep, like not not anything anybody could make funny. So it's been like this running thing that we were going to do this movie. And then we surprise everybody. Mike Ryan barges in and we do Judge Dredd. The the first Judge Dredd or the new yeah. one? Yeah. No, 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 no. The first one. Sly Stallone. Armand okay. Asante. Yeah. I am the law. I am the law. Yeah. Rob Schneider, terrible in that movie. Awful. Awful in that movie. <laughs> Diane Lane, surprisingly awful in that movie. I don't remember. Oh, was she the female cop? Yeah. I would not have remembered that. Okay. Yeah. And so so for Cinephobe, is it under 40% Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's got to be uh, it's got to be forty percent or lower for either the audience or the critics. So it just has to be one of those. And I I actually think I think this one was the audience. I can't remember. I know we've had a couple recently that we recorded where the audience was the lower score. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I love that movie. I saw it in the theater as a kid. I've watched it many times since. Like that Demolition Man. Like these are like these are my childhood. These are what made me. Yeah, Demolition Man is it's a great movie and it's aggravating to me because I mean I have the same problem with Demolition Man that everyone else has, which I've lived my entire life and like I need to know what the three seashells are for. I I think if I had them in front of me, I could explain it. I think I've figured it out. I've done a lot of internet research and like theories and Reddit. There's and probably everything. so many theories, There's a right? A lot of stuff out there. If you Google it, like that you'll spend a whole day researching it. Uh, what about stuff that's in the theaters now? Like, have you seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet? No, I was going to. And then I found out it's three and a half yep. hours long. And I'm like, all right, I need to know at what point. Like, I'm not like I'm going to have to pee at some point. Mm-hmm. I just am. Like, I And I just I need to know at what point in the movie it's OK to go do that. And then I come back and I got to make sure the theater, you know, the screen is kind of close to the the bathroom like i don't want to waste too much time there but like i really want to see it i want yep. to see it so badly but three and a half hours like scorsese what are you doing here I, I feel like he's he's almost trying to make a point because he's been right at the center of the whole marvel's not cinema stuff right right but but three and a half hours in cinema either like that's that's traffic school <laughs> like that's what that is i i haven't seen it yet either i i, I want to see it i'll see everything dicaprio's and he is my yeah. favorite but did did you? I mean, talk about three and a half hours. Did you see Oppenheimer? Like, did you see that in the theaters? No, I saw Barbie. I didn't see Oppenheimer. Uh, I like Barbie. Barbie was really good. But Oppenheimer, I have this weird like. I'm not a big Christopher Nolan fan. Really? Yeah, I think he's like not that good. Wow. I I think a lot of his movies are poorly edited. I think there a lot of them are thirty to forty five minutes too long. Um, I do want to see Oppenheimer. I've heard it's brilliant. I know yeah, you're supposed I to like see it in the lot. theater. But I like I'll I'll be good at home. Like I that's fine for me. But I yeah, like I, I I don't know. I think you know, I think the Dark Knight is two movies poorly edited into one. I think the first half of the movie is really good. I think the sef- second half sucks. And I think that's wow. how a lot of his movies go. Wow. Uh, so Tenet was horrible. Oh, Tenet's terrible. Tenet Tenet, I you, you cannot convince me that you understand Tenet. I, I have no idea what that movie's about. The first half is in terrible movie forward, and the second half is the movie in reverse. Like that's just it's what and like I was like Tenet sucked, and, the, and this guy I know was like, no, but do you understand this is what happened? I was like, yeah, I get it. It just sucked. Like it no, wasn't I good. I don't understand. If someone <laughs> were to say it, you're like, no, that's the problem. I don't understand. I will say this: Inception, though, love Inception. Yeah, that is a great movie yes. through and through. No, I no notes on that one. That's a what about movie. Interstellar? Oh, I I just didn't care by the end. Really? I honestly didn't care. Yeah, I just didn't care. Okay. I will, I've only seen it once. I'm willing to try it again. But when I watched, I was like, by the end, I was like, All right, let's just get out of here. The Prestige? Oh no, I I did not like the Prestige. I I really? just saw I saw 
I like I don't with a lot of movies, most movies, like I never try to like figure out what's going. I like to just experience it. But early on the prestige, I just like it clicked for me. I was like, oh, this is what the movie is. You and knew just, what the ending was going to be. I don't know for whatever. And it's not like, oh, I'm so smart. It just clicked for me. And I and, I, and then when it happened, I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like it kind of ruined it for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if I the first time I saw it, if I was able to think what the ending was going to be, I wouldn't have loved it either. And I wasn't even trying. It just popped in like I scary movies, anything like who's the kill. I never I'm never like, oh, I think it's him. Like, I just try to enjoy the ride. But it, yeah, for whatever reason, my brain turned on. Wow. All right. Well, you, you can hear all this type of conversation, although the movies we just ran through are not. Never on be on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can check out Cinephobe wherever you get your podcast from. What? Going into last night, I mean, we had a, our first night of just a full slate of NBA action. What games were most intriguing to you going into last night? Um, I, you know, I was really looking forward to to Magic Rockets. Oddly enough, like two two young teams from last year. I think the uh, Magic are a playing team. I do too. I think the Magic are really good. Like the the Magic over the last, like they started out horribly last year, right? Yep. They were five and twenty, and then over the last fifty seven games, they were twenty nine and twenty eight. And they had the sixth best defense in the league. And that's a young team. So for a young team to play that defense, that extended period of the season, I was intrigued. I like a lot of the young players. Um, and so they didn't spend anything this offseason, right? They're like, we're going to roll with our guys. Houston, a, a bad young team last year, just a mess. Go out and get a new coach. They spent a 200 plus million dollars on Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Bleet and Jock Landale and all these guys, right? And for Orlando just absolutely housed them last night yeah. i mean it was like it was never a game like they beat them down from the beginning super intrigued by that um i was intrigued to see how the pistons looked against the heat because I, that's another young team where Kate cunningham's really, really good he's good man like he was killer in the first half like he struggled in the second half i yeah. thought they made some good adjustments on him but yeah he's good um they you know he got a little lucky to to walk away with one there uh because i thought he got a good look at the end but um and, and then i and then you know obviously Wemby like that that was the show last night. I wanted to see Wemby. I wanted to see what that looked like. And, you know, for a while it looked like it was going to be a little rough. And then, you know, he delivered enough in the fourth quarter for me. Like, he's he's the real deal. Are we skeptical of how much the Spurs are going to play him this year? Yeah, I think so. Because I think they realize, like, like this isn't 97, right? This isn't um, Tim Duncan joins David Robinson and this is a 20 plus win turnaround. Like, I think they realize like he's joining Keldon Johnson and Jeremy. Sohan. like, it's not, it's not the same situation, right? They're looking at this as 20 years. Like this is what we're going to do. So I think they are going to play him sparingly. I mean, they played him sparingly last night. Cause he made dumb fouls. He got into, mm-hmm. he got into foul trouble, made dumb fouls, looked like a rookie plenty of times last night. But yeah, like I think if he plays 62 games this year, I think it's a win. Like I really do. I like they're not try they're not winning this year. They're not a play in tournament team. Like they're none of that. Like I, I think you just need to make sure he is integrated into the NBA. He looks like he's comfortable and he's healthy. Are you into the play in tournament? I love it. I, I think the play in tournament is one of the best ideas the NBA's ever had. I was a little skeptical at first, uh, because it's like, all right, we already have more than half the league make the playoffs, right? Um, you know, that that that's a lot to add four more teams into the mix. Um, in both conferences, uh, like I, yeah, I don't know about that, but it has made the back end of each conference way more competitive. It's made the trade deadline way more active um, because teams think they have a shot. Teams think, and then you know, t- 
team like the Lakers get into the conference finals last year, the Heat get into the NBA finals last year. No, I no, I, 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 I'm, I'm talking about the, 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 the in season tournament. Oh, I'm the in season tournament. I, oh. I said play in, but you. yeah, I, I meant oh. in season tournament. Oh, I don't get it. I don't get okay. it, man. Like I, I. <laughs> Like, all right, I'm not a big soccer guy, right? Like, I don't really know soccer. So I get there. Like, I've been told by soccer people that they're kind of trying to do this thing that happens yes. in, in Europe, right? Yes. But what I understand for the soccer tournaments in Europe, you're getting all these teams from around the world, yeah. or for at least around Europe, that don't normally play each other. Correct. Then playing each other. We're just playing NBA teams. Yeah. Like, what's the di- Like, did you know this? The, this thing starts in two weeks. Yeah, I actually looked it up yesterday. I'm like, I'm like, let me understand here. So it starts in a couple weeks, and then so I went to look at the Heat schedule. All right, so there must be like a lull of open dates because no. if they get to Vegas, right? And there is, there's like a nine day lull of when they won't be playing games if they don't advance. Right. So we'll just pack all those other games in at some point. Like, yeah, it's so dumb. Like, I, maybe it works. Like. The only it just needs to work with like younger fans, right? If you get younger fans caring about it, and if you get a good like tournament or whatever in Vegas, like all right, then you can start, you know, seeing the roots kind of form to where this becomes a thing. But like, man, I just like I'm trying to be open minded to it. I don't get I'm it. trying to be open minded too, and I can't get excited about it. And I love soccer. For instance, Inter Miami Messi, they won one of these tournaments, the League's Cup, and right. it was super exciting down here we loved it and i'm trying to say why don't i care about the nba's in-season tournament then when i care about the heat in the nba so much more than i do enter miami right and, and so i don't know maybe it will be fun like i'm i think i'm gonna try to go to vegas for it i think i'm gonna try to cover it for those like three days or whatever and maybe it'll be super fun and maybe it'll deliver and maybe players will care maybe that prize money for everybody is going to like invigorate everybody to like be about this but i also just see teams like why are they gonna care about this is Other the winning the team gonna put up a banner no you can't put up a. Banner. i don't know you can't look i think one of the worst things you can do as a franchise is put up a division winner banner right if you don't have other banners, right like i used to i I used to live in I mean, how hard do you laugh at the guy who shows up with your Miami Heat Atlantic Division champion shirt? Why are you even (laughs) – that has to be a giveaway at, like, a dealership. Like, you can't – you can't – or credit card giveaway or something. You can't do that. Like, you can't have those. But I – you know, I used to live in Minneapolis. I would cover games at the Target Center. I would walk in, and you look up, and it's, like, 2004 – Northwest Division yeah, yeah, champs, yeah. and I'm like, Dude, God, I get it. That's Great, you were better than won. four other teams. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't. We can't do that. Like that. No, you can't have a banner for that. Well, so how hard is the internet going to bust on the team that holds up the in-season tournament trophy? Like, imagine the 76ers. Joel Embiid's never been out of the second round. He's gonna hold. He's gonna raise the in-season well, tournament trophy. Now that's what I'm rooting for, right? Like, if it's, like, him or the Warriors and, like, Chris Paul raises it. Like, why would the Warriors care about this? Why would they care about, like, it's so weird. But maybe, like, if you give them, like, like, what if they held up, like, suitcases of cash, right? Because they each win, like, like half a million dollars. Like, if you then hand them a suitcase of cash, because you're in Vegas, you know they got it. Um, then maybe, maybe that's a good photo op, but no, that, that trophy, you can't do that. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second, but if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go. Hey, 
That's not a problem. I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family. Maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trip. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. What? Uh, let's talk about the heat here. Uh, I, uh, I'm happy with last night. I mean, they won. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. If if they beat the Pistons by a point in January, I probably don't love that. But right. beating the Pistons by a point last night, I don't care. Just get the win. Uh, you know, I got tweets and texts about Kyle Lowry last night. It's like, I just want to be happy about the win. I, I don't want to talk about Kyle Lowry last night. Obviously, I have to talk about it today, so I've been yeah. talking about it. I, I'm sorry. Like, one of the things that I liked about Kevin Love last night, he looked fresh. Mm-hmm. He looked much better than the guy that they got last year, and I feel like, all right, that makes a lot of sense. He's been off the last three months. I think we're yeah. going to get the best version of Kevin Love this year right now. That's what we got for arrested Kyle Lowry? It was 32 minutes, one field goal attempt, two assists? What are we doing? I mean, they, yeah, I look, I can't sugarcoat this thing. It's, it, he looked bad, right? He looked, um, he looked slow, you know, like I, it, I don't know. Like, I think the hope is you tread water with him. He makes good decisions. He plays enough minutes to, you know, to, you know, he'll have, he'll have some games. He, you know, he's still a threat to shoot and he's still a threat, even though he didn't shoot last night, like teams still respect him. Right. They're like, oh, that's Kyle Lowry. You know, I think I think the scouting report looks at him differently than we do. So I do think there are some impacts that we don't see that other teams are like, that's Kyle Lowry. We can't leave him open. We got to do this. We got to do that. Right. So I think that exists. But at a certain point, you're just like, Jimmy's going to be the playmaker. Bam's going to be the playmaker. Tyler's going to be the play- playmaker. Maybe like Drew Smith or, or Jaime comes in. Like maybe those are guys who can be playmakers. But I don't think you're looking at Lowry for anything other than like just play competent minutes. I do think he played competent minutes, but he didn't look good, if that makes sense. What did you make of what you saw from Jaime Jaquez? To me, uh, not that he's a star or anything, but he looks like an NBA player. He looks ready to play in the league. And I think he's one of those guys who it's going to be a pain in the ass for other teams to play against. I agree. And like you got to think about it this way. Like he doesn't know what he's doing yet. Right. Like he doesn't know what he's doing at the NBA level, I should say. And he looked at least last night. And yeah, it's the Pistons, whatever. But he just looked comfortable. And like to, to me, when a rookie is in their first action, they look comfortable. Like, I, you know, I, that's like what they shoot and turnovers and stuff. Like, I, I don't really care about that in early action for rookies. Like, I just want to see, like, what is their demeanor? How do they look like they're overwhelmed out there? Do they look like the speed of the game is is where they want it to be? He just he looks super comfortable. You know, I actually had this interaction with uh, one of the most compulsive gamblers I've ever known. Oh, I don't even know the guy. Like, I just sat next to him at a bar one day during the tournament, and he was and he like was claiming to know Jaime, 
right? Like he's claiming to be like this UCLA booster and all this uh-huh. stuff or whatever, as he's like literally sweating out, are the Angels and Twins going to go over five and a half runs in the first four innings? Because he put like this, and he's like, yeah, I lost like two grand on Marlins Braves last weekend, so I'm trying to make it. Like, it was just the most chaotic betting that I've ever experienced in a couple of hours. And I'm just like, like he's got, he literally had a, like a like the horse, like the, the racetrack book out. He's circling like, like it was the 50s. Like, it was mm-hmm. just so crazy. But he was talking up Jaime like crazy and like i'd watched him play at ucla a little bit but i was like yeah, yeah yeah whatever and then the next game i watched everything this dude said it was like i saw it right like i like i was looking at him in a Jaime in a different way and i just like you really do see that like that comfort that he has on the court you doesn't seem like you can speed him up and rattle him and if that's how he is you know through most of his rookie season what a like what a great play yeah what uh, what do you make of of the Heat's entire mo essentially going into this season about running it back? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the few like national guys who like, yeah, the Heat are good, like they're good. Like this whole notion that you know the regular season doesn't matter because they were the eight seed and they went to the finals. Like, no, that's crap. Like the Heat weren't bad last year because they didn't take the regular season seriously. Like they didn't make shots. They didn't play good offense, but their defense was good. And it's not like they sat a bunch of guys. Like this is a good team. And this, I think it's a team that like, if they played Boston in the playoffs, like I think they beat Boston. I don't know if they beat Milwaukee, but like, yeah, I think they beat Boston. Like, I think this is a team that is as dangerous as just about anybody. And so you have to wait and see like who are going to be the fines, right? Like who are going to be those diamonds that they uncovered? Maybe that's Highsmith. Maybe that's, um, you know, Jamal Kane, like maybe it's one of those guys. Maybe Jovich like can play. I, I'm big on Orlando Robinson. I like what I saw in summer league from him. So I think he's a guy that can get in the mix at a certain point. But the, yeah, this is a good team that made the finals. Like, all right, they lost Struess and lost Vincent. They can find those guys. What uh what'd you make of Boston last night? You know, when they when they made the Porzingis trade, uh I, I didn't think it made them better, but once they traded for Holiday. Uh, then I was like, yeah, I, 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 now I like both trades in a vacuum. I didn't love Porzingis trade, but now adding holiday, I think they're significantly better than they were last year. Um, I think the, I think where I would disagree with significantly better, like their top six is as good as anybody, right? Like they don't really have any depth after that. And, and so it's not like they have guys that are foolproof when it comes to health like Porzingis is yep. not a healthy guy year in and year out so like yeah if he's out there we saw last night he killed the Knicks last night he like like he had a monster fourth quarter he put them away like he like he was great last night but if he's brittle in the playoffs if you know you're, you're relying on Al Horford at 37 years old like there's there are just some questions I have about their depth and I don't think they're going to be able to rebound with a team like Milwaukee um when you get to the playoffs but uh but yeah I mean their top six is better than anything anybody else can put out there. I just worry about their their depth. Do you like the new flopping rule? I've been calling for this for years. You saw it last night. Porzingis got the first one ever. I very strongly believe this will get rid of flopping. Yeah, if they keep with it. They're, they're, there's a rule change every year, and they're like the first month or two, they're like, yeah, we fixed it, and then they stop calling it. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when you couldn't, like, jump into defenders? Remember when you couldn't yell at the refs? Remember when you couldn't flop? They had flop warnings and, and you know, fines and everything. Like, they do this every year where it's like, hey, we're going to emphasize this. You can't do this anymore. And then by January, they're not calling it. So, like, yeah, if they stick with it, I think it's a great way to fix flopping. Flopping is is so corny 
as a <laughs> as like a as a you know a, a method of defense or trying to you know one up someone or gamesmanship like it's so corny um it's obviously prevalent in sports everywhere but yeah like i hope they stick with it because i do think it will deter it i'm just i gotta i gotta see it called in march when you think of flopping who is the first player that you think of he's the guy that brought it to the nba because for me i have a guy oh the first guy that brought it to the NBA. like the guy you think of you started this bullshit vladi yep vladi that's the guy vladi's the guy that's the guy because vladi was a master at it too man Mm -hmm. like he was like this it was art. It was art when Vladdy did it. Like I, you know, I grew up in Sacramento. So when he went to the Kings and everything, like it, it was, he was so brilliant at it, especially against Shaq. Like he was so those Kings Lakers matchups, like Vladdy just, man, it was yep. like watching DiCaprio. Like he just knew what he was doing. That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, Zach, tell everybody how they could catch you on all the different platforms and things you got going on. Oh man. Check out, uh, check out the bounce. It's a free newsletter every morning from myself and Shams Trania on the athletic. It's the athletic.com slash the bounce. If you're already subscribed to the athletic, you just go into your email preferences and you click it for the bounce. Uh, we do a really good job. I'm really proud of it. Uh, make sure you're checking out the athletic, make sure you're checking out uh cinephobe, wherever you get podcasts, NBA radio, mad dog sports radio at talk hoops on all socials. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. I always enjoy having you on. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Zach. Thanks. Excellent job by Zach Harper. How doesn't he like the Christopher Nolan movies? Tenet sucks. But all, I mean, Interstellar, Inception, the Batman movies. He's not a big super, I remember from past conversations, he's not a big superhero movie guy. Although the Dark Knight trilogy is really not even a superhero. It's really like a crime drama series. But anyway, excellent job by Zach Harper. He's one of our favorites to have on the program. Speaking of our favorites, guys, Signature Real Estate Finder. That's right. Matthew H. Mashler, Signature Real Estate Finder. If you're looking for your dream home in any part of South Florida, look no further than Matthew H. Mashler, your trusted real estate broker. He's one of our new sponsors on It's Still Real to Me. That, of course, is my wrestling podcast on the weekends. Huge pro wrestling fan, of course. By the way, he's one of the founders, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. Next weekend, all right, the 5th, 5 p.m., Meisner Park in Boca Raton, BRCW Birthday Bash. There's only a few tickets remaining. You go to Ticketmaster.com right now. Use promo code BDAY. Boca Raton Championship Wrestling birthday bash they got a great card i'm looking forward to getting out there and like i said matthew h mashler one of the co-founders of brcw but we're talking signature real estate finder so if you're looking for your dream home over a decade of experience matthew h mashler specializes in luxury homes he is a certified luxury home marketing specialist he will help make your process of finding that new dream home He will make it simple and perfect for you. You're going to be so satisfied at the end because not only was it an easy process, but he helped you find your dream home. Now, maybe you're in the real estate industry. If you're ready to take your real estate career to the next level, you can join the Signature team. The Signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders. Number one in Boca Raton, one of the tops in all of Florida, Signature Real Estate Finder. Signature Real Estate Companies have offices all throughout, including Boca, Del Rey, Parkland, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando. The Signature team, if you want to take your career to the next level, is where you want to be. If you're looking to take your career to the next level, Matthew H. Mashler, 561 208 
888-253-3334. If you're looking to buy your new dream home, Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334. Or if you're looking to sell your current property, Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. All right. So, like I said, great job. Covered a lot of NBA there with Zach Harper. And we got Thursday Night Football tonight, all right? Bucks, Bills. Can the Bucks do the Dolphins a solid here? Can the Dolphins pick up a half game on the Buffalo Bills? Let's get to it all. All guests on Zazlo Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. How are you going to enjoy some Thursday Night Football tonight? Go pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco, Emas. You send me a shot if you're drinking a Johnny Cuba. I post it on my Instagram. You become famous because everybody knows I'm an influencer. Go pick up a Johnny Cuba. You'll thank me later. European roots with that Caribbean soul. It's a refreshing German lager in a can. Remember, always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. CBS Sports fantasy football expert, is Jamie Eisenberg. He joins us every Thursday tonight. We have Buccaneers and Bills before we get to that to get week eight started. Uh, Jamie, give me your thoughts on the talk surrounding the Dolphins right now. They played two good teams, Buffalo, Philadelphia. They lost to both of them. They've lost by double figures to both of them. Are the Dolphins phony until they prove otherwise? No, they're not phony. I mean, they've lost to arguably the best team in the NFL and, and the Eagles and the Bills are still going to be a formidable opponent and they caught them. I think that's a game where the, they lost a lot of their defensive players. So, you know, look, it was it was in Buffalo as well. So uh, let's see what it, what it's like in their building. Let's see what it's like on a neutral site. You know, I, I think the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the league. They may not be the best team right now, but look, they're also dealing with some injuries. You know, offensive line has certainly been less than full strength. You know, no Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard's been banged up. So I'd like to see, you know, what that team looks like at full strength. But yes, they have to prove that they could beat one of those upper echelon teams before they're considered one of the best. So, you know, if they're going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, they're going to have to start to step up and win some of these games. And look, they got a big one coming up against Kansas City on a neutral field. So we'll see how that goes in a couple weeks. Yeah, like the part that I push back against you know when the analysts talk about the Dolphins being phony I'd much rather be the team that loses at the really good teams like the Dolphins losing in Buffalo in Philadelphia than a team like San Francisco let's say who's a really good team who loses at bad teams I mean they lost at the Jets and they lost at the Vikings so wouldn't you be phony if you're considered a good team and your two losses are against bad teams as opposed to your two losses being against good teams? Yeah, of course. You know, again, I don't, I don't want to use the word phony. You know, I, I think it's just a matter of you'd rather be losing the games that the Dolphins are losing as opposed to, like you alluded to, you know, the Eagles losing to the Jets, the 49ers losing to the Browns and the and the, and the Vikings, you know. So, yes, there's, there's definitely a difference in some of those losses. But, you know, I think, again, you know, the, the thing that people quick to do, and it's just the way that media is today, is, you see a 70-point game. You see all the highlights for the Dolphins. You see the way this offense looks. And then when they get you know, somewhat shut down against some of these tougher teams, that's when the word phony starts to be used. So yeah. they're not a phony by, by any stretch. They're certainly a legitimate contender. It's just a matter of they need to win or at least look a little bit more competitive in those games. And again, I think they will when they're healthy and, and hopefully 
in their building, or in the case of the Chiefs, it'll be a neutral site. Sorry to break up the conversation here, guys, but I want to make sure that you got the best homeowner's insurance out there. And that's why I direct you to Brunt Insurance. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. And I keep going back, I keep going back, I keep renewing because I know I have the most comprehensive coverage out there and I'm getting it at the most affordable rate there is. You know, some of you guys, you're listening now on the west coast of Florida. God forbid you got some damage to your home because of the storm yesterday. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, or you go to bruntinsurance.com. And yes, anywhere in Florida, Brunt Insurance has you covered. They have locations all throughout the state. So you could be calling from Pensacola or all the way down to the Keys and beyond. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, his fully licensed staff, they have the expertise. They have the experience. They know what area you're calling from. So they're going to know exactly what type of coverage you need, what kind of policies you have to make sure you have. Hey, that also includes trailers and motorhomes. Let the team at Brunt Insurance help you learn more about your policy options so you're making an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. And you don't even have to own your home. Renters insurance, condo insurance, all the options out there. It can make your head spin. Brunt Insurance specializes in making the confusing crystal clear. When you call 954-589-2204, you're making the right call. Bruntinsurance.com, the only insurance agency that I'm going to send you to. All right, so the the Dolphin fan is going to be dialed into tonight because if by some miracle the Bills lose at home tonight, I mean, it is a short week. They would drop to 4-4. Four and four. Buffalo and Tampa Bay tonight, what do we like? I mean, look, the Bills are in trouble. Uh, they should win this game, but they're not healthy. And, you know, the flaws are starting to, you know, show up, certainly more on the defensive side than the offensive side. But anytime, you know, they're putting a lot of pressure on Josh Allen right now from, you know, literally pressure from pass rush, but also pressure on him to have to carry the load. He's not exactly living up to the billing. Um, I think the Bills will do fine. So fantasy-wise, you know, Josh Allen's locked in, Stephon Diggs locked in. Uh, James Cook, I think, has proven himself enough that he's the number two running back no matter the opponent. And it's a matter of, there's, there's a big opening. Dalton Kincaid with Dawson Knox expected to go on injured reserve now. Um, not a great matchup, but somebody should be rostered across the board. Uh, so somebody will have to be that second guy consistently, whether it's Gabe Davis or Kincaid or deeper leagues look at Khalil Shakir. The other side of the ball, it's kind of you know what you're dealing with at this point. You know, Mike Evans is locked in. Chris Godwin was more of a number three receiver. I do think, as we've seen with this Buffalo defense based on the injuries, Rashad White has an opportunity to play well here. I haven't said that very many times this season, but coming off a game where he was more involved in the passing game, which is what I was liking about Rashad White this offseason, this should be a game where they can throw him the ball, and hopefully he comes through. Let's talk about the Dolphins. Dolphins and Patriots this Sunday. The Dolphins beat the Patriots by seven earlier in the year in Foxborough. This game is in Miami. Tyreek Hill's a question mark, so obviously we, we got to pay attention is status practicing today, practicing tomorrow. What do we think? I mean, clearly you want to make sure he's out there because if he's not, then it's hard to trust Tua. He doesn't have a good fantasy uh, history against the Patriots, understandably so. It's a different Patriots defense, but they do have a way to contain him, uh, at least what we've seen. And as we saw in that earlier game, like you you know mentioned, uh, that was a game where Raheem Mostert started to show that he could be a, a pretty good fantasy option, had 100 yards and a touchdown because they were taking away the pass. If there is no Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle should be even more of a must-start receiver. He started to play a little bit better of late. Last week was frustrating because he was in and out of the lineup. Um, if there is no Tyreek Hill, then I think you consider Tua just a borderline starter at best. And then you've got to figure out who's the next guy. Begin some questions. Who's the guy that steps up? So you got Berrios, 
You got Cedric Wilson. You have maybe Chosen Anderson, maybe Chase Claypool. There's a lot of just names there. So it's probably a situation you want to avoid. You just got to hope that Tua leans even more on Jalen Waddle if Tyreek doesn't play. But the best case scenario, though, is Tyreek plays. And what about the running game? Like, it, you know, Mostert, he's a question mark as well. I mean, clearly, if Mostert doesn't go, then it becomes, again, a guessing game. Because is it going to be Jeff Wilson, who didn't do very much last week? Or will they go right to Savan Ahmed? So I think you just look at probably flex options at best. You got to lean a little toward Ahmed because he's been the one playing and the one that they've seemingly, you know, put in that secondary role. But it would be ugly for the Dolphins. They don't have Tyreek Hill, don't have Raheem Mostert. So while they still might win because the Patriots are still a mess, uh, I wouldn't love the fantasy options if there is no Tyreek, is no uh, Mostert aside from Jalen Waddle. All right, let's roll through it here. Give me your top plays for each of the marquee positions. Sure. So quarterback is kind of easy. It's the same guys at the top. You know, it was good to see Patrick Mahomes be Mahomes again. We've been kind of waiting for that a little bit. Uh, and he had that huge game against Chargers. Should do fine once again this week uh, as they take on the Broncos. Josh Allen, number two. Jalen Hurts, three. Lamar Jackson, huge game last week as, uh, as well. And Justin Herbert, four. Uh, excuse me, Justin Herbert, five. So Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Jackson, uh, and Herbert. Um, running back is, you know, kind of locked in at this point. McCaffrey, thankfully, healthy. Alvin Kamara, just what a return he's had since coming back from suspension. This is in PPR. He's number two. Jameer Gibbs, number three. Love the setup for him without David Montgomery taking on a bad Raiders defense. Brees Hall, thankfully, he's looking like Brees Hall again, number four. And then Travis Etienne's just been a touchdown machine. He's number five. Wide receiver, it's uh, kind of locked into the same guys as long as he plays. Tyreek Hill's one. Stephon Diggs, two. Jamar Chase, three. A.J. Brown's having a monster season. He's four. And Cooper Cup is five. And then at the tight end position, you can probably guess who's number one there. Mr. Tra uh, Taylor Swift is number one. Uh, two is Andrews, three Hawkinson, four Darren Waller, and five uh, Sam Laporte. I feel like, you know, I, I was on the train a couple weeks ago of the Chiefs not feeling like the same team from years past. And I would say uh, maybe I spoke of their demise a little bit too early, yeah? Yeah, you know, it, it. I think part of it is, you know, they're trying to figure out their receiving core. And, you know, thankfully, the the rookie, Rashi Rice, is stepping forward. So they may have a, a guy there. But you know what? The defense has been great. Yep. The run has been great. And we really haven't seen that very consistently in the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey era. And so, you know, they just didn't have to do very much from a passing standpoint. But I think whenever they want to turn it up an extra gear, you see that they could do that. And probably facing one of their division rivals brought that out of them. So. I don't think you're putting that back in the box. It's going to be a lot more of uh, Mahomes to Kelsey. Who are some of the notable waiver wire pickups this week, Jamie? So the Rams running back situation, and we talked about this last week, uh, Zach Evans we thought might have been the guy, but Daryl Henderson comes off the street. And just a familiarity, I think Sean McVay goes to him uh, and Royce Freeman over Zach Evans. So Henderson should be added across the board. I mentioned one of my favorite guys, Dalton Kincaid, you know, with the Dawson Knox injury. You know, we thought that he might have a chance to play well. He had a big game last week, and now the door's wide open for him to be the you know, maybe the second best passing option for Josh Allen. Um, Amari DiMarcado, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the James Conner injury. Well, they went away from him the first game without Conner, then they went right back to DiMarcado last week, and he looked good. So tough matchup this week against Baltimore. I think it's Cleveland, but still somebody you should be rostering. And then two rookie wide receivers stepping forward along with Raji Rice, but he's probably rostering too many leagues. Uh, Jackson spent the jig, but without DK Metcalf there. Don't love the setup for him this week because Metcalf's coming back, but you should roster JSN. And then Josh Downs has been fantastic for the Colts. Uh, I don't see him slowing down very much, so I like the setup for him moving forward. And who are we keeping an eye on the next couple of days as far as the uh, injuries go? There's a few. I mean, obviously, you got the situation in Miami with those two guys. You mentioned that. Uh, it seems as if we got to keep an eye on Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Uh, mispractice Wednesday with a calf injury, but you never know if that was just the veteran rest day. Um, the 49ers are a mess right now. You got Debo Samuel expected to be out. 
Trent Williams, who's a big key to their uh, offense, their left tackle, he was missed practice on Wednesday after being out last week. Brock Purdy's in the concussion protocol, so if he's out, can you trust Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle? So a lot going on there. Uh, Tyler Lockett's banged up a little bit. Got to keep an eye on that. Um, Darren Waller's banged up, but I think this might be just a veteran rest day. Uh, big big situation in the Bears. Roshan Johnson missed the last two games with the last two games with a concussion, and Deontay Foreman stepped up in a big way last week, scored three touchdowns. If Johnson returns, that downgrades uh, Foreman a little bit, but I still like him as the best running back, and Johnson can maybe get an opportunity to show some things. So keep an eye on that. And then one last thing that's um, somewhat fascinating is Taysom Hill has been a good tight end the last couple of weeks, and Juwan Johnson may return for the Saints. If he does, you got to be a little bit worried if, if Taysom can still do what he's been doing because Johnson was the starting tight end for New Orleans. Jamie, excellent job as always, man. Tell everybody how they can hear you leading up to tonight's game and then through uh, through the weekend. Yep, you can check us out at CBS Sports HQ. You can see our uh, YouTube page, uh, our Fantasy Football Today YouTube page, and our podcast, which is where we give you the majority of our fantasy information. Then you can always check us out at CBSSports.com for all of the best content that you'll find for all of your fantasy needs. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Enjoy the games this weekend, man. You got it, man. You too. All right, so you got some of the fantasy football help for tonight for the weekend from Jamie. He's the best, of course. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Let's start things off here. So, former Dolphins linebacker, he only spent one year here. Kyle Van Noy spent one year here of a four-year deal that he signed. He was unceremoniously cut after the first year. And here he finally gives some detail as to what was going on behind the scenes between Brian Flores and Chris Greer. I believe I was just in the middle of a civil war, they call it, between like the GM and the head coach. And that like going on the power struggles that you don't see behind closed doors. And it was kind of him like, oh, this was your guy? Well, you know, see ya. Uh, Another thing down there that happened was some players were talking to the media about Tua and blah 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 and a lot of people thought it was me yeah and then i I heard people don't know this but me and Tua are close (laughs) like i know Tua, and like for me to like go to like one of the um beat writers seems like that's crazy to me and a lot of like uh people down there thought i was like feeding these beat writers information which was like what um i know some players that's what they do like i think it's crazy to do that in general but it's not something i would do um so that was kind of that pissed me off that like some people started that rumor and then after i got cut they asked me about like brian flores and then literally like two hours after that i got a someone sent me a like a news article that came out saying like I was a bad captain, I was a bad teammate, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I was just them trying to like cover themselves of why they cut me, I guess. I don't know. But I'm I'm going not a big deal, but only because we're so far removed from it. We're over, we're, we're two or three years removed from it. But otherwise, getting a little background on the dynamic and how, like, how much of a problem that relationship was. Yeah, that's why Brian Flores is not going to be a head coach again. He couldn't get along with anybody. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night, the Boston Celtics come up with a road win at the New York Knicks. But how about this? You know, like I mentioned with Zach Harper, the first ever flopping technical foul was awarded to Chris Saps Porzingis. Kicks it out in the corner to Holiday. Steps back, short. Barrett the rebound. Bodies falling all over the place. 
A technical foul is being called. I believe it's on Kristaps Porzingis for a flopping. The flopping foul. Wow. You know, it's funny, Mike. I was going to actually say that. I thought he tried to sell. You'll see it on the rebound. That's the first one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good call. I'm going big deal. Zach Harper's right as long as they stick with it. But I've been calling for this to be the penalty for years. In the NHL, it's the referee's discretion to give out an embellishment penalty. That's a that's a two that's a power play. It's two minutes. That is a big penalty. In the NBA, if the referee uses his discretion and says technical foul, that's gonna be a point potentially for the other team. This will get rid of the flopping. It will. If they stick with it, that's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on MLB High Heat, hosted by Christopher Mad Dog Russo, his co-host there, Alana Rizzo, she gave it to Mad Dog there about not fulfilling his promise to retire if the Diamondbacks win the pennant. Earlier yesterday, after they had won Game 7, I texted Tori Lovello telling him congratulations. He just wrote me back right before the show. He said, thank you, Alana. It was a great moment for this entire organization. Also, please tell your co-host we are waiting for his next move, his next opinion, his next job title. So somebody said he was retiring, even though you said it's just the radio. The Arizona Diamondbacks expect somebody else to be sitting in your seat. Uh, Listen, I did this this morning here uh, on uh, ESPN. If you want to send me to the Caribbean for the rest of my life, I'll miss the radio and I'll miss the TV. And I will miss the daily interaction with sports. But that is not a bad deal. But remember, now Stephen A. said, I don't want to hear it. When you say you're retiring, you can't separate him. So he's got a fair point there because I'm trying to separate it. I said the retirement on Sirius XM. It does. Not okay, so are you going to give up? Are you going to give up your, your most lucrative job? Are you going to are you going to no, step away from your most lucrative job? I haven't decided yet. Okay, and by the way, what do you who do you think you are? Tom Brady that can retire and then come back, Rob Gronkowski that can retire and come back, Tony LaRusa that retires and comes back. Who do you think you are? If you said that you're gonna retire, you need to retire. You finished? I'm going not a big deal. We're glad that dog is not retiring. That's not good for anybody, but obviously he's had to take a bunch of hits over these last couple days. Not a big deal. And finally. Big deal or not a big deal, unsportsmanlike ESPN radio hosted by our pal Evan Cohen alongside Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman. They had Gilbert Arenas on the show this morning, and he thinks the Heat are going to miss the playoffs. The same thing that they did last year just without the uh, miracle playoff run. Oh, Uh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm, I'm expecting eighth place at best. Let's just be honest. What they did with that team was a miracle, right? You know, when you look at the roster out of 15 players, I think seven was undrafted, which is technically in NBA terms, probably the worst team put together when it comes to what's on the team. Um, Pat Riley and the Heat culture did an amazing job maximizing the talent that they had. And, you know, it's the Cinderella story. At the end of the day, in the big picture, I don't see how they make the playoffs. I really personally would be surprised. All right, this is not a big deal. Gilbert Arenas, look, he's he's known to say some wacky things, 
this is not a wacky thing. I mean, he's allowed to have this opinion. He's just wrong, okay? Because the idea that it was a Cinderella story, the Heat take players who are undrafted and turn them into legit NBA players all the time. And it's not a Cinderella story when they've been in the NBA Finals two of the last four years, the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. They didn't come out of nowhere, all right? It's important for it's important to point that out. So he's allowed to have his opinion. He's just wrong. It's not a big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Okay. Today's show brought to us in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today. Thanks to everybody who helped put the show together. Terrific job as always. Can't do it without your hard work. Tomorrow, Amber Wilson's going to join us. Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio, my favorite former co-host. She will join us on the show tomorrow. We'll have some fun with her. It'll be a Heat game day. Heat and Celtics will get you ready for Dolphins and Patriots. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.